Hi, welcome to the Tabernacle Talks podcast. My name is Gary Boyd, and I'm the pastor of the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. We're so glad that you've joined us for today's episode. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and challenge the members of our church through interviews and discussions. We hope that today's interview will be a blessing to all of our listeners. Today, our episode uh, is hosting Pastor John Waterloo from the Central Baptist Church in Ponca City, Oklahoma, and we are super excited to be able to have him here with us. Pastor Waterloo was one of my professors back in college and have always uh, respected and appreciated his ministry and always enjoy getting to hear him preach, and uh, any time I've been able to interact with him, it's been a blessing, so I'm excited to be able to uh, host him here on the podcast uh, today. Pastor Waterloo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're glad to have you here. It's good to be here. Thank you, Gary. So we're excited about uh, being able to have maybe a a deeper discussion about some things. Uh, Pastor Waterloo recently preached at our church and uh, was a great blessing to our folks. But we wanted to take this time to just talk about a couple of different topics that Pastor Waterloo, I believe, would be uh, qualified to speak on, and uh, mainly centering around this idea of Christian education. Uh, Pastor Waterloo recently led his church to start a Christian school, and so we wanted to kind of ask him a few questions about how that came about and how it's going, and uh, what kind of advice he would give to other churches that want to be involved in children's education. Brother Waterloo, would you mind sharing just a little bit about your ministry testimony, how many years you've been pastoring now, uh, what you did before you became uh, the pastor there at Central Baptist Church? Uh, Just tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are in ministry. Sure, you bet. Um, Been at Central Baptist Church for 35 years, and uh, out of college, I went there and was a youth director for about seven years. Got tired of all-nighters, so we kicked the pastor out. I took over. It was a great, great opportunity. But uh, yeah, I've been pastoring now for 28 years, so uh, my wife and I have been there a total of 35 years at the same church, and love it. Great ministry, great opportunity, and we're excited about it. Our youth group here is getting ready for their first all-nighter. No, 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 don't do it. (laughs) Luckily, I'll be out of town for that one. Smart man, smart man, yes. So uh, 35 years at the same church, uh, 28 years pastoring. Uh, the church started the school just a couple of years ago. Yes, sir. Uh, so what was it after 25 years of pastoring that just made you say, you know what, I think the one thing that I'm missing here is is a Christian school. I just have a little <laughs> bit extra time. How could I use that up on something? Amen. Yeah. Well, you have to know the full story, Brother Gary. Uh, first of all, for 25 years, uh, take that back, for 28 years, uh, pretty much. Uh, I said, um, I do not want a Christian school. Uh, so I guess it's 25. I said, I will never have a Christian school. Uh, I'm recorded saying that multiple times. Uh, matter of fact, our administrator reminded me when he graduated from high school, uh, he stood at the steps of our church and said, my dream job is to come back here and be an administrator in your school. And I laughed at him and I said this, Gary, that will never happen. So (laughs) that's how adamant I was against a Christian school, if that helps you. So, uh, but honestly, a a man in our church who's not even there right now, uh, walked by my office, came in and, hey, I got a quick question, Pastor. I've had this question many times. Why don't we have a Christian school? I have a pat answer for that. I gave it, it was a good answer. He walked out, and literally the Lord smote my spirit immediately. Hmm. I put my head down. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I uh, 
prayed about it that night, uh, called a staff meeting uh, that Monday, and so I prayed about it really through the weekend, and uh, came in and shocked them and said, we're starting a Christian school. Wow. And so that's kind of how it all began, just the Lord impressing it. I know how He speaks to me, obviously. Uh, I wasn't excited about it either, but uh, one thing I've learned is to obey. So that's why we have a Christian school. So the, it wasn't really that you saw this great need that was building, no. a lot of pressure. <laughs> no. It was just the Lord speaking to you and saying, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, when I announced it to the church, they spontaneously applauded. I mean, a loud applaud the whole church. I, I was the only one not clapping because <laughs> even my staff knew that uh, this was not something I wanted to do because I understood what was coming. Uh, we've studied a lot about you know, ministries and Christian schools. I'm not against them. It may sound like I am. I'm not against them. But I also wasn't looking forward to saying, hey, let's do this project. And uh, until the Lord said so, and then changed our perspective, and uh, we just jumped into it. What is it like in Ponca City? Are there a lot of other Christian schools um, that are going strong, or is there kind of a, a need for that? In There is a need. There was one. Our boys went to a non-denominational one, and it closed down a couple years before. And uh, we were aware of that, but again, didn't have a desire to start one. There's a Lutheran and a Catholic school is it. So a lot of homeschoolers in, in our city, uh, and that was kind of the direction everyone was going at the time. Cool. What was it like for you and for the church to to follow the Lord in that leading to to begin a, a, a Christian school there at your church? Sure. Yeah, I, I, my perspective on things like this, Brother Gary, is, um, and I told the staff, I told the church, it really didn't matter what problems came. You know, once you know that's what God wants you to do, honestly, nothing else matters. You just do it. You go forward. Uh, our church has loved it. I mean, they're totally behind it. People are donating to scholarships. Uh, people pray for the school. They get excited about the school. Um, and not everyone goes, of course. You know, we started with 30 students. Um, the first year, last year, we had 51, and I think we've enrolled right now 65 with a couple more pending, you know, so we've seen a pretty amazing growth. Our church is excited about that without a doubt. So it's been a, a blessing to the church, uh, and, and we knew it would be in our, in our families, and uh, so it's been good. So from the time that you felt the Lord saying, this is what we're going to do, to announcing it to the church, how much time passed um, from then to when you actually open the doors for the first uh, semester. Sure. Uh, I have to look probably talking about nine, ten months. It was in the fall, September, October, when uh, God laid on my heart we need to do that. So we opened the next August. Um, I usually like more time than that. Um, it was better than three months, which was good. But um, I, I'm a planner by nature, so we like to do things behind the scenes uh, months and years in advance and, and really get it. So we did. We jumped in. We've got an amazing staff. Research began literally that next Monday that I announced to the staff. Uh, research began in every area, checking with other Christian schools, um, curriculum, what are we going to do, uh, what do we need for teachers. And, and so it was a massive research began. And uh, by the time we announced it to the church, you know, we knew what we were going to do and how we were going to do it, you know, and the church, of course— we were able to answer questions that they would have. You know, obviously it's a large undertaking, so your research doesn't really stop, you know, and you keep growing. But uh, I would say that nine to 10 months before we actually kicked it off. And kind of, you already answered it a little bit, but the prep work um, that went into being ready to welcome students that first semester, um, you know, how'd you go about the hiring process? What kind mm -hmm. of, um, 
How long do you have, Gary? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it is, again, I, I, like to, I like to be organized. I, our, our staff is organized. Um, so there's just a lot of hours of research. You know, we're talking to other schools, um, researching other schools. Um, and then, of course, we got the administrator first. Uh, we stole him from Heartland Baptist Bible College. He was the administrator for eight years, but he's out of our church, so we felt like it was time to give him back. So we got uh, Brother Allen back. So once we secured that, uh, you know, obviously we started at Heartland because of our connections there. But we also had uh, three or four ladies in our church, and I think it was four at the time, with um, teaching experience and wanted to connect in the school. So I think we only hired two teachers to start out and um, were able to kick things going. So we had a lot in-house, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. One teacher been teaching for 25 years, master's degree, and uh, she just loves uh, Christian education. She's just like, and she's been in the public schools for a lot of years, but she's a, she wanted to make this transition. And she goes, I want to be a part of this and uh, teach. Um, another one like nine years, another one eight, nine years. So again, we were blessed uh, in that avenue right away to kind of kick things off. But yeah, then you go through the interview process, you set up uh, a lot of our classes, and we do, we're doing a traditional school, which was uh, originally I thought we'd do video, mm-hmm. uh, and the parents weren't excited about that. Uh, and I was like, oh, so we did a quick switch. What, what does it take to do you know classroom setting? Uh, and we combine classes to start. So our first year, you know, first and second grade together, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. We're heading into our third year. The only combined class now is fifth and sixth. You know, so we've each year broken off and added another uh, teacher and and uh, single standing class. Uh, so there's a lot of organization to that as well. And uh, and we're even now setting up process for hiring and when we want to hire and keeping kind of a queue of people you know, that we're researching uh, even for the future. So with your facilities, I know our ladies have been there for um, for y'all's ladies retreat. I've never seen your facilities, but uh, do you have the space for all of these classes? How have you managed all of that? Sure. For now. I mean, we're maxed out now. We just added um, 7th through 12th grade. And um, that is going to be a video school because if you do a Becca, they provide an actual diploma if you do their video school. You know, so uh, we're going to go with that. I think it's beneficial for the students right now. We're even looking at the future of adding uh, maybe even another track where you don't necessarily want that diploma and we can add some other classes and so forth and kind of a split track there. Um, but really right now we have to even limit class sizes. So like when we put on the Internet to enroll at our school, you'll now see little seats and you can fill that seat. Uh, but to keep class sizes at a certain space, that's where we're at. So, but we have plans on looking to either build by modulars. That started two years ago when we began the school. So we've been in that process, and that's the type of research I like. So we've been researching two years because this will start our third year, uh, even on how to expand. But it's working good. It's working really good. So when you started, you started with a kindergarten to sixth grade. A uh, four-year-old, actually pre-K. Pre-K to sixth grade. Um, this is probably a. Uh, you know, an obvious question, but if you could go back three years now, are there things you would do differently uh, from the start? Are you pretty happy with the way things started or would you have changed some things looking back, knowing what you know now? Sure. I know it's going to seem strange, but uh, I don't know that we would change anything. And um, I don't know if it's because I have a bad memory 
which could be. Uh, but, you know, we do a review every year. There's o- and we do change things every year, if that makes sense. But as far as the start, I don't know that there's anything I would have done different to start. Because we did follow a lot of advice. You know, we did a lot of research with other schools. You know, start small. So we had 30 students. You know, um, here's what you do. And so we, we followed that. You know, so there's n- nothing in that package where I'd go, oh, man, I wish we would have done this or I wish we wouldn't have done that. You know, and some things you just have to go through and learn by experience. But from the startup, very pleased. Matter of fact, we had a Christian school donate uh, all their stuff to us. So another Christian school been in existence over 30 years, and it was an independent, so not associated with the church here in Oklahoma. And um, somehow they got connected with Heartland and with Brother Allen, and um, they said, listen, we'd like to donate everything we have. I mean, desk. We, we, we have a full library. I mean, massive library, bookshelves, everything. Uh, books, um, computers, iPads. I mean, thousands of dollars they donated. And then they came and viewed our school the first year and gave us a check for $7,000. Wow. So, I mean, you, you see how God just orchestrated all those things. And so, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I don't have any regrets at how we started and what took place. You know, obviously there's different challenges that came, you know, but I don't, I wouldn't go back and go, okay, start this different. I, I mean, you hear a story like that, and, you know, one of the things that I think about is, you know, how do you, how do you um, help your church members to catch the vision, uh, to see the need for uh, Christian education in, in some instances? Um, but then you hear a story like that, and you think, okay, well, that's really got to help people say, okay, God is definitely in this. He's definitely moving us in this direction. Exactly. And our church feels that very strongly. Like I said, they, they are totally supportive. I mean, everybody, even people who can't or aren't putting their kids in go, man, we love this. So, Amen. Uh, what have been some of the benefits to your church since starting the school? Has it been at all an outreach to families that are not currently connected to the church? Um, what kind of things have you seen take place in maybe some individuals' lives? Have you seen a difference in kids? Uh, just, you know, speak to that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, actually a lot. So we've already had uh, several salvations the first two years, uh, a great benefit there. Uh, the amount of Bible knowledge, one parent uh, wrote a note. I think the only parent that's written a note. Okay, but one parent wrote a note. And at the end of the year, and uh, his comments were along that line saying, you know, I knew the school would be good. Uh, and his son is five now this year, so uh, kindergarten. He said, but I really didn't anticipate the amount of Bible knowledge he would gain and how quickly. You know, and uh, so I think for all of our families, that's been surprising. Besides the academic increase, the spiritual atmosphere that a school brings, you just don't beat. You know, it's just so good. Uh, so our parents are recognizing that, even those who haven't maybe written a note have said the same thing. Uh, another parent uh, stopped me, and their son, he's in our second grade, so maybe third, now we're in summer, so I have to go up a grade. Um, but he goes to these farmer markets, and uh, she catches him witnessing to the booth next to him. And I mean full detail witnessing about how to be saved, uh, singing songs. They're videotaping the songs, watching this kid sing these Christian songs. He's telling them how much he loves the school, how much he loves God. And again, it's just amazing to watch. Um, And then this year we have seen uh, families coming because of the school. 
So obviously the first year, two years ago, uh, uh, not much, but the second year, uh, a lot. We have several families right now that, you know, we'll see sitting out in the auditorium and it's like, oh, wait, that's one of our CBA, you know, guest families, not, not members' families. And uh, so, yeah, that's been a blessing. Um, the word is spreading in the community about the Christian school and uh, families are getting interested. And so, uh, and then several people looking for a church home, uh, if they're looking at the school, it becomes a natural segue for them. Very easy. It sounds like things are going really well. Maybe there isn't anything to say, but have there been some challenges that the church has had to face with the school being on the property and sure. shared usage of the building? Yeah, there's always challenges. That's why I didn't want the school. I remember that. Um, there's always headaches. And so pretty much the normal headaches you can think of are going to be there. You know, like we had to re we uh, removed a kid like the second week of our first year. You know, so that's always fun. And uh, that was a guest family. Uh, so we've had that. We've had to suspend kids. Uh, we, we had to kick another kid out. So we've, you know, we had a great track record. We've kicked two kids out of the school already. Uh, so, yeah, you have all that. You have parents coming in. They don't like the discipline or their kids got in trouble. And uh, so you have that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is a normal what you're going to run into. Uh, for me, one of the reasons I wanted administrator was for the aspect of them handling as much as possible of this. You know, I, I didn't want the—I love the Christian school, but it's not the church. It's a ministry of the church. And we work really hard to keep it that way, like the youth ministry, children's ministry. So although there's a lot of excitement there, and it's wonderful, um, you know, I, I can't be there every single day. I don't want my staff there every single day. Uh, they need to be doing their jobs, reaching into the community and so forth. So, oh, we'll do chapel. We'll be involved in things. Uh, but we've worked real hard to keep that separation uh, with it. But, yeah, there's the normal challenges. So I had Brother Allen there. Uh, I was highly involved, to be honest, um, the first year, uh, a lot more than I anticipated. Um but now I've got my associate brother Lynn involved. And uh, really for us, probably the biggest surprising thing I didn't anticipate, if I were to pick one thing to go, what surprised me? So I'm going to ask another question to myself. Hey, what surprised you? Well, Gary, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, the biggest surprise, honestly, wasn't the parents and wasn't the kids. I mean, we really prepped for all that. You know, we have our guidebook. We've copied other schools. We've done a lot. Uh, we just revamped some discipline that we wanted to get better on. But... I was extremely surprised at the uh, administrative and teacher uh, conflict. I did not plan for that. Now, I'd talked to pastors, and I was like, oh, you always have a teacher issue. You know, there's a teacher here and there. But this was our teachers against our administrator. It shocked me. I mean, and so I literally had to get involved. My skill set as a peacemaker, you know, communicator. So, yeah, I was involved in all that for literally a, a year. And uh, a lot of conversations just to make this work. That's all smoothed out, which is great. Our teachers are doing great. But um, both came from different perspectives. You know, so our administrator come from a very micromanaged system. And our teachers came from a—and we never see the administrator. You know, so as that got meshed together the first year, you had expectations and people getting upset and then people not letting things go. And so uh, that was the biggest shock. You know, and again, there's nothing we could have done ahead of time. And we had meetings with teachers. I mean, I mean, we went through everything, but I didn't see that one coming. But God allowed us to work through it. And now starting year three, I mean, great, great spirit, great direction even there. You know, what was nice is that the parents and people didn't notice. 
So it wasn't so conflicting on the outside, you know, that there was this tension uh, with families coming in. They're like, this is great. And behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> waiting for people to quit. I'm waiting, you know, uh, for this fight to come. And I've literally got people coming into my office every week. Can we talk? Can we talk? And I'm like, sure. And uh, so anyways, that was the, uh, I'd say, biggest conflict, surprise of the whole situation. Uh, but you're dealing with people. Yeah. And these are good people that love the Lord. But they were going through a transition. And this was all new to them as well, teaching at a Christian school. And so it was a neat dynamic. But uh, good now. They're definitely good. So this is a two-part, um, and it doesn't have to be super specific, but if you were to say, you know, what percentage of the school is you know, church families and what percentage is guest families, um, what would you say that would be? And then have you, have you noticed any kind of change in the interaction between the kids in your church? Because I'm sure now you've got kids that are Christian schooled, kids that are public schooled, and kids that are homeschooled. Uh, how, are, how are those three groups intermingling? Have you noticed any kind of division between the three of them. Sure. Uh, so far, great. But that, again, is one of the things I major on. I think that begins with leadership. So in other words, I spend a lot of time, uh, which we'll do again here in a couple of weeks before school starts, with the church as well as the school. I articulate these things to let people know that, hey, where you choose to send your child is up to you. Okay, it's that simple. Obviously, we're always going to be excited about our school. It's a ministry of the church. You can't ever ask me not to be excited, to promote it, uh, but let, let me be very clear. The kids in the Christian school aren't better than the public school kids or the homeschool kids. There's no difference. We don't treat anybody different. We won't. So I articulate that publicly, which really we've not had an issue, zero issue, because we also firmly believe that. I, uh, our boys went to all three, private uh, school, so Christian school, homeschool, and public. So we've experienced all three. We have a lot of public school teachers. They're excited about the Christian school. Uh, but then I don't spend my time attacking the public school. You know, uh, I do explain, like, for our Christian school, one of the big core issues is we want to impart a biblical worldview. And our public school teachers understand they can't do that. They don't have that liberty. So it's not an attack on them, you know, um, but we really work really hard on that. We want our kids to filter things through the Word of God and look that way. So that's been good. So no, we, we don't have an issue. And I think it would be a pastor's job, youth director's job to always make sure that doesn't take place. And so I'm committed to work real hard on that as long as the Lord has me there. Amen. Um, what could you tell our listeners? Because um, you know the purpose of this podcast really is for the members of the Baptist Tabernacle uh, we may have others that are listening in, but, you know, it could be that, um, you know, their church doesn't have a Christian school for them to be involved with, to support, and yet they do have a heart for uh, reaching children and being involved in the education process of either their kids, the, the kids in their church, or even just the kids in the community. Uh, what would you say to them as far as some advice on how they could be involved in that process? Sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, training up our children is such a crucial element of the next generation and everybody needs to find a way to do that so whether that's through sunday school whether that's even volunteering in a public school you know i mean that's huge you know you have public school teachers support them pray for them find out hey is there anything i can do you know for them um you know some of the other if there is a christian school in the area for instance we have multiple families sponsoring kids to go to a christian school well maybe a 
parent doesn't want to go to a Christian school, but let's say homeschool, but they can't afford it. You know, you could sponsor. You know, several families could get together, set up a fund and say, hey, we're going to monthly send in money. Yeah, could the church direct it? I'm not trying to tell you what to do, Gary. Uh, but, you know, could the church direct it? You know, whatever. In other words, there's creative means um, to make sure we're training the next generation um, and, and get involved in those things. You know, honestly, there's so many avenues of people will just stop and say, hey, I want to invest in kids. I want to be a part and just have an influence there. Uh, you'll find a way. You'll find a way to engage. Yeah. So what would you say then to one of our listeners that, um, you know, from your standpoint being, hey, we're never going to do this to now, hey, we love this and we're seeing a lot of fruit from this. What would you say to someone that's thinking about taking that step or making the jump uh, into Christian education, uh, more actively involved teaching at a school? Um, you know, they feel like they have a burden for that at their church. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, it's a ministry. I think you have to look at it like that. I tell our teachers that I'm a pretty upfront person. So, you know, our salaries compare, comparatively aren't great. Um, they are attached to our tuition, which is purposely lower uh, than other Christian schools because our goal is really just to train. So even before someone gets hired, I, I explain to them, I show them what they're going to make. There's no, you know, you know, sign up now, then we'll show your pay later. Uh, uh, we're looking at pay raises even right now for our teachers. Um, single teachers, we provide housing for them. So that, that is big. Their salary package is actually a, a little better when you include that. We pay utilities and their housing and then give them a salary. But it's not great. But it's still, it's very uh, livable as a single person. Uh, because we're providing them a place to live and taking care of you know those needs um so i tell you all that because when you come into it if you're going to compare like uh base salary of even like oklahoma compared to christian education well if you're doing it for the money which is fine that's actually not i mean you got to live so i mean if you i have to have a job and i need a better salary i'm like hey totally understand uh but i think always in christian education uh, until a place grows like us, um, you, you're going to start with a lower salary. So there's always got to be a ministry mindset, you know, there. You're doing something bigger. Kids are getting saved. They're learning the Word of God. Now, again, if you're in charge of a school, I'm going to flip this real quick. I think you have responsibility to your teachers, you know, and our church gets that. That's why we just had a meeting about, hey, we, we got to give a raise. We've got to find a way just to, to really start looking at this even beyond the tuition, you know, and we're, we're doing that. We're doing that uh, this year, and we're looking in two years. We can do an even larger raise. Uh, we have a building payment that'll be paid off in two years. We're like, hey, you know what? Some of that money could go to these dedicated people who are serving. So um, I would say somebody getting involved, understand it's a ministry, understand um, it's a great ministry, you know, and your investment is going to be investment in eternity, which is neat. So if God calls you to that, and I say jump on it. Well, do you have any last words of advice or any last comments on, on Christian education and, and sure. uh, just to leave our listeners with? Yeah, again, um, I believe every family has a responsibility to train their children the way they should go, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So it's very clear. That's going to be different. I don't think you need to feel guilty because your kids aren't in a Christian school uh, or you're not homeschooling. Uh, to be quite honest, I don't think there's been a big push for homeschooling. Um, and and I love homeschooling, but, but, but I'll be honest, even for us with the Christian school, one of the great problems I saw was 
the philosophy was keep them out of the public school for what they may get and learn. But then on the flip side, they're not getting trained properly at home. Now, that's not every situation, of course, but I've seen way too much of that. And there's just as much damage being done in a homeschool situation as these kids are coming up uneducated, uh, undisciplined in so many areas. And we're like, well, hey, they're not learning this ideology, but they're learning some other negative ones. Uh, so I think you have to know what you're capable of, what God's providing. Um, so for some, it's going to be public school. We have great families have their kids in a public school. They're like, we can't afford it. And like in our area, some of the elementary schools, they're good. You don't have all this stuff coming in yet, you know, depending on where you live. Um, so, so with that, I'd say take an active role. And I'd say even if they're in a Christian school, your responsibility is to still be training your children. You don't just, right. oh, hey, they got it taken care of, you know. Uh, so I think for parents, being active wherever you're at, um, letting God lead you. And like us, we were in all three at different stages. So God may change that at different seasons in your life, depending on where you're at financially and spiritually. Uh, you may do something different, you know, which I think is great. So, uh, no, it's been great for us. We're, we're excited about the Christian school. I don't know that I'll ever be the biggest advocate because I was opposing it for 25 years. And when people look, listen to my past sayings of that, they're going to disqualify me. <laughs> but uh, for me, once God says yes and uh you move forward, and it doesn't matter what comes. He's going to be with you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great because God's involved. And so for that reason, we promote our Christian school <laughs> because that's what he's led us to do. Amen. Well, Brother Waterloo, thank you so much for being willing to uh, talk to us today and for taking the time to come early and Amen. Uh, spend that time with us. It's been a great blessing, and I uh, can't wait for our listeners to hear uh, this interview. Well, thanks for having me, Brother Gary. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. We would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. To the members of our church, we hope to see you in a service soon. If you're not a member of our church and you are ever in the Tulsa area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us online. We are on Facebook and Instagram, and our website is cbtchurch.com. If you enjoyed this interview, you can help us out by liking and subscribing using your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again. We hope that you have a blessed day.